important that we are conscious of the fact that we, uh, we are investing every day in our, the future of our marriage. And again, you know, as in many of the things that we've talked about here, I say this after having failed in many ways in, in this regard in my own marriage. And um, because I, I can look back and see many ways that um, I was reactive. I didn't, didn't try to think, okay, how can I make our marriage better for tomorrow? I was just trying to get through today and only would deal with problems when they erupted instead of trying to prevent problems from occurring in the future. And so um, I'm going to talk about some of the things that we've found helpful. Are, you know, we've, we've done many things, not as many as probably some other people, but, but uh, you, know, you can't ultimately rely on the calendar and scheduled things. And that's, that's a, because we did a lot of those things, and, and yet we still struggled a lot. But they certainly helped, and they certainly um, are good to do. But if you're doing the, all the, the things that you can do and still griping, griping at each other all, all day long, it's not going to... You know, you're sowing good and bad seeds for the future. So it's going to, you're going to reap both. Anyway. So I'm calling the list that we're going to go through cultivational disciplines. And this is going to be, I'm going to throw some things out and then hopefully we can talk about this because different people are different and different people have ideas that either we didn't try or I didn't think to put on this list. But, uh, when we were young, before we were even married, our youth pastor and his wife, um, they practiced and promoted the discipline of having a weekly date night. And, and so we picked up on that. And so we have, even before we got married, we've had a weekly date night. And there, you know, maybe a couple times each year that we missed that. But otherwise, we're pretty, we've been pretty consistent throughout our whole marriage. Even when we, you know, had lots of kids and we're juggling a lot of stuff. Um, even, you know, we try to even do it when we're on vacation with our families to get off. Um, and it's, it's not easy. It's, it's uh, because there are times where it's like, Really? Going to try to do that this week, but in my opinion, if you don't sort of make it a priority, then it so easily falls by the wayside. It's one of those things in life that the exception can become the rule, and then you just forget about it. Now, does everybody have to have a date night every week or whatever? No, there are there are couples for whom. Every evening is a date night. Every day is a date night because they don't have anything else to do except be together in, you know, in the evening. Um, and so I'm not, you know, it, it, it'd be nice to do 
something sort of out of the ordinary, make it a little special or something. But I'm not trying to impose this as if it's a biblical command that everybody has to do. This is just a suggestion, something that we've found helpful and others. Um, in our busy lives, we had to carve an evening out. And if we didn't, we weren't going to spend an evening together. And, uh, you know, there have been a lot of times where I've had to say, oh, guys, I can't meet that night. That's the only night I have this week for a date night. So I had to push things around to, to protect that. So that's something to think about. Now, um, you know, we, <clears throat> there were times when our finances were such that our date night in, involved having a friend come over and babysit who we weren't paying. They, you know, they offered. And then we just went out and got a drink, you know, a, a, at, a, at a fast food restaurant and sat there the whole evening and talked. And we did that a lot, didn't we? Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a big money investment if finances are tight. Um, and, you know, there are obstacles, and, you know, sometimes you have to really work on those obstacles and to get rid of them. But I, in my opinion, they're worth, um, worth getting rid of. Um, you know, sometimes um, having two, two families that both want to do this and, you know, watching each other's kids once a week is the kind of thing you could work out without investing a lot of money. Um, and then, um, especially if you have a weekly date night, you have to also have special date nights because, you know, if you go out to a restaurant on her birthday, for instance, well, if you go to that same restaurant every single week, then going out to that restaurant on her birthday doesn't sound, doesn't feel so special. So it's like you need special date nights, you know, times where maybe you do spend a little money or, um, or a little extra money. Maybe you do plan it ahead of time. Um, a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago this was, when we take a summer and we and we planned uh, a summer worth of special dates. We went, we went back to all the important places of our relationship. We went back to the University of Maryland where we got engaged at the outside the chapel. We went to the church where we got married. We went you know, to a number of places which have been important in our relationship. And uh, we even tried to go to uh, a place where we had the reception, but they wouldn't let us in. It's, it's a naval, Navy base. So. Or maybe they did. I can't remember. They didn't. Anyway, so um, right now what we've done is we've said, okay, l let's plan five special date nights a year. Uh, two birthdays, that is hers and mine. Our anniversary, we share that in common just by coincidence. Uh, Valentine's Day, 
and the anniversary of our first date, which is in August. So those five days, those five weeks, we try to plan a special date night. And we divide the responsibility. Uh, I'm in charge of her birthday date. She's in charge of my birthday date. I'm in charge of the anniversary date and the Valentine's date. But she's in charge of the first date, anniversary date. So we, you know, she plan, we plan it. One of us plans it. And, uh, and then we do it together. So... Um, that's sort of what we've done, and that's one of the things that I can point to in, in our marriage where I can say, I think it's good to do it the way we did it. So if there's, if there's uh, any, any questions, or do you, you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think we learned early on not to bring our calendar with us, mm -hmm. that we needed a separate business meeting mm -hmm. apart from date night. Because it's really tempting to, you're together, let's go over the week's schedule. Let's go over the next quarter or whatever. I think we realized we need a separate little get-together for business, right. finances, calendar for the week, right. apart from date night. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the fact is, just like a church, a marriage has a business element to it. It's not the center of what a church is. It's not the center of what... A marriage is. But it, you do have a business element. And it's really important not to allow that to be the center of, of uh, date nights, which are just for the relationship. So do only things that are investing in the relationship. Any other thoughts or questions? Okay. Um, so another thing that I think is important is praying together. And uh, I know, I remember when we were first married, the awkwardness of initiating prayer. Um, at least I felt awkward. Maybe you, that's not an issue for you. But even as a pastor, I, and I was a you know, youth leader back then, so I was in ministry it was hard for me to um, initiate prayer, and I just had to make myself do it. But then the more you do it, and the more it becomes just normalized in your home, and your marriage, and your relationship, the easier it is to do, and the more natural it is to do. So uh, that is a hump that's really important to get over. Uh, you know, pray for meals. We pray together every night before we go to bed. Um, and, uh, and then we pray on the way to church each Sunday morning. And we pray, um, you know, when there's special uh, time when we're going to have to talk about a difficult subject or something. We've set up a meeting. We'll pray at the beginning of that. We'll pray for, um, to, for our children often together. Um, so praying together is a really important discipline to cultivate your spiritual relationship which is such an important part of a Christian marriage um, have anything to add about that no I think I think usually we try to go to bed at the same time but if we don't 
like Jack needs like three hours less sleep than I do. <laughs> you know, he'll say, let's pray together, and then he'll go off and go down to his office, and I'll go to bed. So we really do make it a priority. Okay. Anything else from you guys on that subject? Okay. Um, and this isn't in any order of priority. It's just the order of which, which I thought the thing. So the next one I have is book discussion. And I, uh, you know, one of the um, helpful things that you can do is to read a book together and talk about it. Either read it out loud to each other. Some couples really like that. Read it separately. You know, tonight we're going to talk about chapter two and, and then meet and talk about it. Or just um, to, uh, you know, we're working through a, the workbook right now of how we love this uh, book that I, I mentioned earlier in the class that I've found so, we have found so helpful in helping us to unpack the ways that our childhood impacted the way that we relate to each other. And how, um, and so we read the book, I read it more than twice, I've been reading it for the third time now, and, but there's also a workbook, so we have been, for, I don't know, a year and a half maybe, mm -hmm. meeting weekly and going through this workbook. And it asks questions, and we talk about the answers, and and um, and pray. We pray together, and that's been tremendously helpful. And so that's a very good thing to do: is to to have a book that you're working through together. You got to avoid one of the things that's sort of dangerous in marriages is when you're trying to preach to the other person, and you're using books or other things to do that. Even prayers. You could even use prayers to preach to the other person. You know, it's like, Lord, help us to do this. And what you're really saying is help her to do this or help him to do this. So you've got to be really careful about that kind of thing. But uh, working on something together is can be a really great, great thing. And there's so many good books. And by the way, uh, my, from my perspective, if you want to listen to three voices on the subject of marriage who have written on the subject of marriages, you can't do better than um, Tim Keller, um, Paul David Tripp, and Dan, Dan Allender. Each of them have written a book about marriage that is really, really worth going through and thinking about. Um, so, those would be great books to go through. Any comment on the book discussion thing? It's just an hour. You know, for me, it's like, wow, I get Jack another hour. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it seems structured to plan it in, but it, it works, and I think there's fruit coming from it. Yeah. Yeah, an hour a week, we just find in our schedules and, and do it. Okay. The next thing I put was pool. How many of you play pool? 
Well, that's not what I'm talking about. But um, so just uh, we we just started before Marianne's uh, knee was assaulted by her surgeon. Um, we were going to the wharf once a week to uh, to swim and and uh, stuff just for exercise, and uh, so that's a good kind of thing. You know, it's something we're doing together, something we both enjoy, and it gives us time driving in the car. So, it is, again, I, I put that on the list because it's, even though it's not just about our relationship, it's really good for our relationship. Um, and, you know, it's really easy to, when you're, you know, dealing with an issue where, oh, I want to need to get in shape, to just think individualistically about it, but it's also a wonderful thing to do, to think about, you know, as a couple, and how can we, how can we both enhance our marriage and, you know, do whatever other things that we want to do in our lives. Um, there's, you know, when it comes to mutual interests, every couple has things that they both enjoy doing and those are great things to have you know you can you can cultivate your marriage they also have things that he likes to do that she doesn't like to do and things that she likes to do that he doesn't like to do but in some of those things the other person will never like to do no matter how hard they try but there are things that you can learn to like that the other person likes. And if both people are trying to find some things that the other person likes that I may not never have done before, I may not really have a natural interest in, but if I give it a little time, a little attention, I could learn to like this. That is a great way to invest in your relationship because the, the more overlap there is between what you like and what the other person likes, the more you're investing in your relationship. And so um, um, it reminds me of this song. Um, I wish I'd prepared for it so I could play it for you. But basically, uh, it's about how, um, you know, I used to not like this, but then I met her, and now I like it. And it's because she likes it. You know, that's what's implied. And and it, he's going through all these long lists of things that, that uh, you know, because I love her, now I love what she loves, and uh, and there's a beauty to that, and that's uh, um, something worth considering in thinking about way areas of life that, you know, um, one of my sons married a woman who is really into taking. Um, shearing sheep and turning it into yarn and then what do they do with it? Um, they make tapestries and yeah. shawls. And they have contests of how fast they can do this and how well they can do it, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that wasn't the way he, he, he never grew up in the 4-H club. <laughs> but, um, you know, he becomes a fan of that because that's what she's into. So, so it's... Uh, you know, that's, God has put you together. So see what the other person's really into as a way to come alongside them and 
and get to know them and be together as opposed to just competing interests. Okay, you have anything else about that? Well, I think the pool thing has been like playtime. Like our lives are very serious, Jack and I, you know, we have all these things in place and it doesn't look like we're spontaneous, but I think having playtime, you know, we can't really walk together because I like to stroll and he likes to power walk. So like that doesn't work. So, so like we've struggled to find something. You like to limp. That's what you like yeah. to do. <laughs> we've struggled to find something that we enjoy doing together and the pool has been the answer for us. So I don't know, just playing together, doing fun things, I don't know, with other friends or whatever. Anybody else? You guys are talking too much this morning. Okay. Um, personal counseling and couples counseling. So uh, counseling is a great thing. And I think everybody can benefit from getting counseling. And we've gotten counseling individually and we've gotten counseling together um, it's been very helpful for us, and um, and sometimes, you know, uh, it's really desperately needed. Um, one time we uh, we went up. We wanted to counsel with Paul David Tripp, but he's in uh, Philadelphia, so he agreed to meet with us for four hours, two days in a row. And we drove up to Philadelphia and spent four hours with him, and then. Four hours the next day, he gave us assignments to talk about in between, and uh, it was a, you know, these are very much perspective. They help you gain perspective because so many times, when a marriage is in a bad place, it's because both people have lost perspective, and it's real counseling can be very helpful to realize that you've lost perspective and to get the right perspective. Is this on? Yes. Okay. Um, and, but also counseling can help you to see why you do the things you do in a way that uh, you're not likely to figure out on your own. Um, and that's, at least for me, and I always thought I understood myself. I always thought I was a very simple person that, was easy to understand, but now I've realized you know, I, I do all these things. Why do I do this? And then, you know, and I've it's books and counseling that's helped me to realize, you know, sort of what's behind it. And so, counseling is a great thing, and, I, and every couple should should be open to it. And uh, as as the occasion arises, be um, you know, take hold of that opportunity. Anything else? Um, just being proactive. You know, we've had counseling when we've been like in a disagreement or in a, in a crisis, but if you can get some, like even it's, if it's with another couple or another individual, being proactive has really been helpful. I think we learned that too late. Yeah, and and uh, there was 
to, if we're really honest, there were times when we both believed that counseling was important for the other person. And, uh, um, and so we weren't, you know, we just weren't humble enough to recognize that we needed counseling. And, you know, sometimes you could go to marital counseling, not because you really think you need marital counseling, but because you think the other person needs to hear something from the, they won't listen to it from you, from you. But they will just listen from another person. So your own motivation is to get to the other person, not yourself. And that's, I confess that I've, I've committed that sin before, but that's not a, a healthy thing. I was very blind to so many things that I was doing. Okay, the next thing is getaways. Um, you know, this may be obvious, but um, going away for a little while, a couple days, going to a bed and breakfast or our, what do you call them? Airbnb. Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, these are words we're still learning. Anyway, um, so, you know, there's really never been a better time to do this because you don't have to stay at an expensive hotel or whatever. And there's so many places that are great to visit. Um, But we've, and you know, one of the great, we've had a number of times when people have given us a gift of a night away at a bed and breakfast or something that it's been such a blessing to us. But those, uh, those times are important. Even, you know, it's a weird thing. Um, but getting away changes the chemistry of a relationship for a time. And it sort of can break you out of your patterns that you get stuck into in your own environment. So, um, so that is a really nice thing to be able to do sometimes. So, you have anything to add about that? Okay. Um, marriage conferences. So uh, Emily and Jordan just went to a marriage conference, but uh, and there are not that many, and that there are not that many around. So, you know, if you get an opportunity, it's really a great thing to take advantage of. Um, the um, and sometimes they actually uh, bring out sort of the ugly side of your marriage because they get you, they're asking you questions and they get you talking about things that are sensitive subjects. And uh, one, of the, one of the signs of, how can I say this? It's not really a healthy thing if they, you have things in your relationship that you can't talk about. That happens a lot, and so don't panic. But that's not a good thing. And um, a lot of times when you go to marriage counseling or uh, conferences, you know, things will be brought up that you really can't comfortably talk about, and yet you're sort of forced to, and so it creates conflict. But, but uh, that kind of conflict isn't always bad. I mean, 
you've got to be really careful with conflict. You can say things in conflict that you can never take back, that do permanent damage to a relationship. So you don't want to go there. But just because you're frustrated doesn't mean that you're having an unhealthy conversation. Um, you sometimes got to get in and carve out the, the uh, infection for things to be able to heal. So um, you have to be willing to have hard conversations about difficult things. And uh, we've talked earlier in the class about how peaceful coexistence is not the goal of a marriage. And you have to be aware of that temptation. Okay, and then just, uh, I'm going to split up and let you guys, couples, have some time to sort of think through how you can, um, you know, some of these areas that you think you need to work on. But let me just say, um, before I close, that, um, you know, when I see a young couple, um, I, and and they're not, and often this is the case, they don't really know how blessed they are to have each other. It grieves me because I it see myself as a young man, um, you know, married young man who was just so blind to um, not only the treasure that God had given me as a wife, but so blind to the impact that my relationship with her was going to have on the people that I love most in the world, my children, you know. And um, so I, I took it so lightly when, in fact, it was so important. So uh, I just urge you to, to uh, you know, do everything you can to invest in this relationship and uh, um, to make it, you know, to cultivate it, to, to uh, put the effort in to plant good seeds. Have anything last? Okay. So um, you guys just go off and, and talk about what of these things, you know, hit you or you think you should work on or whatever. And because uh, everybody should have good things to talk about from this. Okay.